0: Top Cover Podcast with your host with the name Mark and Victor. Victor,
1: how are we doing? Uh, doing just fine, Mark. Doing just fine. We're
0: we're out of football season. I know Victor's
1: depressed. Yeah, you know, I'm. Just, it's hard to put it into words. You know, I I, I make my week around you know the games. You know, Thursday, uh, Sunday, Monday. So not having that dedicated uh something to do, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. Absolutely Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine me with my
0: with my Saturdays. Uh, it, it's it's terrible. Uh, we're definitely going to be talking football soon, I'm sure, with the draft coming up.
1: And this garbage football team that we root for. So hey, hey, hey,
0: hey, I'm happy right now. But no, no. We'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. No Eagle talk today. We're still fucking waiting for some news on yeah. Carson Wentz and, uh, and everything going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'm sure we'll have draft talk one pre- for you. Agency talk. We'll have an emergency pod. I think when Carson Wentz gets traded. Uh, But we're gonna be talking basketball today. I'm, you know, this is where I shine. This is this is my time. This is where basketball takes over the sports world for a little bit, from about now to June. I know, like, baseball has that brief little like two weeks running up to opening day and like the week of opening day, and then it's like, I mean, basketball. Mark Madness owns that.
1: And the NBA playoffs take over when that comes around, so it's really basketball time. I know that's your second sport, vector 100 percent. You know, I've always loved the game. Always played the game. You know, it's uh, always something to dig deep into. Yeah,
0: I, I uh, it's we are currently, uh, currently watching the Atlanta Hawks play the Dallas This is, uh, Wednesday night. We're watching uh, Wednesday night basketball. We're gonna be talking about. We're gonna first. We're gonna talk about our team. Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. as you all know,
1: number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm,
0: imagine if your team wasn't undefeated with their starters.
1: You know, it it, it feels good to be at the top. Couldn't be, Couldn't be me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even I don't think it's possible. Is that even a thing? <laughs>
0: I, I, uh, it's been a really fun season. Uh, it's funny last year we opened 20 and seven, and last and this year we're 18 and seven, but somehow
1: it just feels so much different. Well, it's great to see, you know, well, first of all, Joe and is, you know, dominating, but it's also just to see, you know, seeing his uh, demeanor. You know, last year it was just a way different look than this year, and, you know, I think the results uh, you know, fair fruit right now. Yeah, I mean, everything about the World is everything you can ask for right now. 100%. Is, I don't even think you could ask for before. I mean, I mean, it's really doing everything
0: possible. Yeah, I mean, there's offense, defense. As a leader in the fourth quarter, open games uh just about everything he could be doing he's doing it uh, he's in the best shape of his life he, he's just he's doing everything right he's saying all the right things him and ben seem to be closer than ever and also mm-hmm. i mean we'll get to it when we talk about some lineups him and ben uh, they're part of every great lineup we run yeah
1: 100
0: they, they them
1: together the, the issue was never them together. It was when you threw out Horford and when you had a bunch of non exactly. with them. That was always the issue. When
0: it was Simmons and B the grade was
1: generally positive.
0: No, I yeah, I I was always on the lengths of it. It was a ridiculous conversation to even have if yeah. they could play together or whatever the, the Boston media mafia wanted people to think. It was all about filling the filling the pieces around them with shooters and mm-hmm. so when you put a guy like Seth Curry, either Shake Milling or Danny Green and then you put Tobias Harris in there with Ben and Joe. It's amazing what happens as opposed to Al Horford and Josh Richardson who aren't shooters.
1: Did you just leave Furkan Korkmaz? <laughs> herky jerky Furky from Turkey? Yeah. that list? I, I, I'm i about to bring up the pitchforks, Mark. These people
0: that want to trade Furkan
1: Korkmaz. That's
0: just like a throw-in
1: to these deals on humans. Ridiculous. ridiculous. Uh, get, get a big-butt
0: Kyle Lowry out of my matches. I don't want to hear about Kyle Lowry.
1: Now, the only trade that I was willing to do on this season was the James Harden trade. You know, if you want to do like a little, you know, trade deadline, get a better stretch for, you know, not give up too much, I'm fine with that. But at this point I'm fine with rolling with the team. It was either go all in on Harden or roll with what we have and I'm fine with rolling. Yeah, I I'm
0: I'm absolutely here. I think that we could discuss some, you know, some bench wise. Yeah, bench that's what I'm saying. Like minor bench upgrades. I
1: don't want to like deconstruct like the main eight I guess is what I'm saying yeah no, I completely agree and I don't really want to give up
0: first round picks either so uh, I'm, I'm completely along the same lengths uh, I, I, I took a couple notes I was going to run at and just messing around with uh, the best lineups and the net ratings and the minutes the lineups that play the most minutes obviously you're the starters who make, play the most minutes out of anyone which is Seth Curry Danny Green Ben Simmons Tobias, and Dwight out of our top, like, 15 most used lineups, where do you think that ranks?
1: I mean, it's got to be at least, like, you know, top five. Yeah, yeah, it's our third
0: best lineup. Yeah. And with a 14.3 net rating, for those of you who don't know who net, what net rating means, there's an offensive net rating and a defensive net rating. And the disparity between the two, whether that be positive or negative, is your net rating. So if your offensive net rating is 14.3 points higher and your defensive net rating is like it is with our starters. That gives you a net rating of 14.3. And then, as opposed, if you look at our our the lineup that none of us want to see ever is when Matisse Thybul, Ben Simmons, and Dwight Howard are on the floor together. And just a lineup, for example, Shake Matisse, Spurk Ben, and Dwight have a minus 33 net rating. Maxie, yeah. Shake, Matisse, Ben, and Dwight minus 18.3. Like I was saying earlier, Ben Simmons and Joel need each other, which is, mm. great. if you would have told people that two years ago, it would have been crazy. They play so much better when they're on the floor together. And
1: it's also it's not just about each other. It's about, if you look at Ben Simmons, we're
0: shooting 29% from three with them off the court and then 40% with them on, on the court. That doesn't have a lot to do with Joe. That has a lot to do with the three guys that are around them at the time with Ben and Joe Riddick.
1: No, hundred percent. I've been a main opponent of like you know Ben should be in with both the starters and you know Joe and Tobias or can run second year. You can do it a little bit with Ben, but unless if you have like you know definitely Seth out there and Shake next to him, it's it's hard because you need the shooting around him because he's, he's all about creating. He's not you know we all know he's not going to take a jump shot, so you, his his gravity is driving and dishing, and that's you know you need shooters around him to allow him to thrive. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, our Our best lineup, our overall best lineup, has been Seth Curry, Jake Milton, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. We haven't seen a ton of it. It's not in the top five to seven of lineups we've used, but that has a 52.4 net rating. It's one of the best lineups in the league so far, and it's something I want to see more. It. It's honestly, I know... It's
1: a playoff thing. It's, yeah. You know, they're, they're saving it for the playoffs. You know, you, you you need that spark, you know, you come out in the third quarter and you want to smash to the other team, that's a you know you, you come out with. Yeah,
0: that lineup, uh, I know, shout out Dan Johnson. Dan Johnson has really wanted Shake Milton in the starting lineup for a long time. I'm sure he hasn't uh, been as vocal about it lately with Shake not playing quite as well as he was the start of the year. But I think in the playoffs it could be something to look into. Or at least, I, don't really, I mean, I don't really care about who starts the game. It matters yeah, yeah, more yeah. who finishes it and who plays in the crunch time.
1: That's kind of my big thing. I'm fine with Danny starting just for, you know, that kind of implication. You know, ha- save shake for, you know, your second, fourth quarter when you you, know, you need the scoring the most. You know, have Danny out there early out there uh, to, you know, to stop the wing uh, shooting. I, I don't see an issue in, you know, changing what's, you know, obviously working at this point. Then you look at a lineup that you wouldn't
0: expect to be killing it like it has, but you look at Shake, Matisse, Furk, Toby, and Dwight. They have an 18.7 net rating. That lineup is just Toby with the bench guys, yeah. and
1: that seems to be
0: Fox' move. And apparently that's well, I haven't I haven't researched this at all. Apparently that's he did that a lot in L.A. with
1: Tobias in the bench unit, which was Lou Williams back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other guys, maybe Mademois Harrell is probably still involved
0: in that. So uh, that was, I mean, if he can do the same type of things with Tobias as he has, that shouldn't really stop. throughout the year. Everyone,
1: I was talking to people today who were comparing Tobias Harris to some other players. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's like, there's this disclaimer of if Tobias Harris is what he has been so far this year. Because we've obviously all been hurt. Had a bias in the playoffs and in years prior in,
1: in certain games. This year, it feels different. He's getting to his spots of being, I know we hear it a lot, but he's being decisive. He, there's no, like, you know, pump fake and then go up. It's He gets to a spot, he gets a quick step, and he goes up with the ball, whether it be close to the basket or, you know, taking a pull-up jumper. His three-point shot is, you know, his pull-up is a little, you know, iffy still, but you get him in the mid-range game, I have no, you know, quals with him, to, you know, taking over that. And, with the bench unit, you know, you have Perka out there hitting threes, and she can take off all, ball, uh, you know, opportunities yeah, every other possession. So it really, like, opens up Tobias' game because he can hit all facets. There's not, you know, Dwight doesn't have that gravity. You put him off a little bit to the side where Tobias can work down low. He can work in the mid-range. He can work in the three. It gives him, you know, full range essentially.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely it's, – it also is, like, with those bench guys, Tobias Harris being the – the main cog in that yeah. lineup. It makes it like if we get low it it's seven seconds left in the shot clock, everything Tobias and we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, there's no
1: if ands, it's you know, give it him and
0: it'll figure something out. So that has been it's been awesome to see. and I I'm about as positive as I've ever been on Tobias Harris, uh, during the six years experience, to be honest. Oh yeah,
1: every night like I, there was definitely like last year you're like, all right, you know, I really the last year something this year I, I it's it's not a question to me anymore. I, I expect it to happen. I'm. I i do not think you know he's going to slow down. I think he's. He's really found himself in this offense, and you know, I think that's the biggest thing that Doc provided. Everybody has a role, and you know, with you know Brett last year his you know hockey shift lineups, and you know people just kind of going out willy nilly. Doc has people, and you know everyone has a specific role, and it seems that everyone's thriving, especially you know, Tobias Perkon and uh, Matisse, honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's hard for me to. It's hard for I. Uh, uh, you
0: know I me. Mean, I love Brett Brown. and I always will. Uh, yeah. it's hard for me to to not defend Brett Brown here. And I will say that I do think that the roster makes a lot more sense. But those guys you specifically mentioned have done excellent. Uh, underdog as mm-hmm. opposed
1: to Brett, so it's hard to. It's hard no, to certainly. Really I mean, yeah, we way. can argue roster construction all day, but you know, just like the the general lack of adjustments of you know. You do a breast play style, and you, you, you can't run that play style when you have, you know, three forwards on the, you you have Joel beat Al Horford and Ben Simmons on the court. You can't have people firing threes. Furkan obviously kind of stepped this offseason, and he's, you know, added a really good quick step and a floater, and he's dunking on people these days, and, uh, you know, Matisse, you know, they gave Matisse a really long leash last year. This year, it's definitely a lot more reined in, but... I, I like this, you know, little defensive, you know, last four minutes, you know, role that they have him in, it's, you know, it showed a few times that you put him on your primary scorer on the other team, and he's going to slow him down uh, more times than not. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know uh,
0: what we're talking about, the last two games, Matisse Bible has come in at the end of the game, and after not playing all that many minutes throughout the game, come in and really been a huge part of uh, the success at the end of the game, shutting down the best player the Last game it was Tanner Foster, who gave us fits all
1: of oh, No, he was he was pulling from three and just everything was hitting. It was what he mm-hmm. gave
0: us fits. He's not even a good shooter. He's like more of a slasher. He's yeah. showing us from
1: everywhere. And it's just
0: uh, it was awesome to see him. He's coming and be the first guy to really be able to slow him down. Uh, and uh, he made a couple. <laughs> he got away with some uh, at the end of the game, which yeah. is a good sign because last year and even to start this year. He was doing a lot of stuff where the refs were just calling him because they thought he was gonna foul yeah. them. If he's getting a reputation as like a great defender, those guys you see them get away with a lot more.
1: That's the one thing I've noticed and I uh, you know, I am big on my streams and a lot of these other I, I watch, you know, other broadcasts and a lot of teams, you know, note him as a great young defender and you know, once the broadcaster starts saying then it starts getting into popular culture and now now you got the good reputation. You know, you get you get that leeway that you're talking about. By the
0: way, we're talking about a guy who like, played 21 minutes and literally did not attempt a shot. We you praising.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. How crazy is that? He's shooting what? He's shooting 34% of the year, 25% uh, from three. Unbelievable. That, you know, but he he's got a steal a half per game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a shame. If he was just
0: able to shoot, like he can shoot a team, he's just not willing at all. And uh, it, I mean, he's been bad this year.
1: Mm-hmm. But just from a foreign perspective, it
0: doesn't seem like a broken jumper. It always seems like he should just lock himself in a gym and shoot a thousand threes and figure it out. You know,
1: work yeah. Else. yeah, I think he just like gets it way too in his head, and he's, yeah. um, he's instead of just being automatic, he's yeah, yeah, to he's trying to make the right play rather than yeah, just doing the play that's in front of him. Yeah, and it was good to see Seth Curry finally
0: bounce back. Uh, and uh, as someone who has had COVID. So uh, Corey's talked a lot about uh, how it's been. He hasn't felt right uh, since he's been back from COVID, and it's been a longer back to feeling in his tip-top, like athletic shape that he was in when he was killing it at the start of the year. Uh, and he said before last game, I, I saw yesterday, he was talking about how he felt the best he's felt in like a month and a half. And he comes out, absolutely balls out in the first quarter. He shoots seven for 13 from the field, four for six from three, tops 22 points, at some clutch buckets in the fourth quarter. Uh, and Steph Curry ha- ha- has been the perfect when he's been right. Obviously, there's yeah. been a couple of games like I mentioned. I think we can chalk that out to being like
1: out of it. No, I mean he said so himself. So. I mean yeah. he was having trouble with fatigue and you know, stamina and low capacity. I mean that's to be expected. He had yeah, no, I mean Steph when he first came, you know, the first like uh, you know two weeks was you know, really the dynamite that was opening up the rest of the offense. You know, he was the one taking a lot of the shots and. You know, a lot of these, you know, pull-up threes and, you know, uh, screens and stuff that, you know, open threes. I mean, this is just something that offense lacked last year, and it just added a lot of to the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice
0: to see in, like, you know, a night where yeah. Ben Simmons isn't scored over that much. Danny green, goes one for six. That for Concord fans, instead of currently, go, what, a combined six for nine from a three? It's like, that, that's, I mean, you can't ask for much more from mm-hmm. those guys than that. Uh, so it's good. It's good to see the Sixers are rolling on the road. We have a West Coast road trip. I, I believe that was the first game uh, at that, Sacramento. Uh, yeah, the game before. We beat a uh, shorthanded Brooklyn team in Philly. Uh, we're out, we're going to Portland. We just lost to a
1: shorthanded Portland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I expect uh, I expect a bounce back win there. Uh, and then you go at at Utah. What do you expect in those next three games at Portland, at Phoenix, at Utah? Uh, I can definitely see us, you know, give it I mean, you yeah, know, definitely running back and trying to get this win against Portland. Uh, I mean, obviously we tough with Dane back, um, but I, if Joe plays, I don't doubt us beating anybody. Uh, Phoenix is a weird team. They have great guard play, and we have we, we struggle against you know two guard heavy teams uh, still it seems at times. So I could see that being a loss and the Jazz Jazz is the third one, right? Yeah, Utah I mean, they're playing great basketball right now. Uh, I hate both of their star players, so I, I I will irrationally root against them regardless if it, you know, is logical or not. Yeah, so I think we beat I think we beat
0: Portland, and then I think Phoenix kicks the shit out of us and we're gonna be like, mm-hmm. What the hell happened? Yeah. And then we're gonna beat Utah because Donovan Mitchell does not
1: beat that's just does yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can see Devin Bucker dropping like fifty on us and then you know, us coming back next game and being alright, let's lock in and yeah. You know. Yeah, I have had too many bad memories of the Sixers playing against Chris Ball teams. He's a, a piece of shit out us. Uh, so yeah,
0: I expect but honestly being the kings puts you in a spot where if you do go one and two in those three games, you're still probably comfortably in first in the east. Yeah, it's definitely not bad.
1: Yeah, look. I mean, obviously, like i Yeah, two-one in the stretch, but you know, it's, it's not the end of the world if you don't. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's transition from
0: the Sixers talk to Eastern Conference talk as we're kind of moving. I have a take. I want to run by you. Go for it. I think there's three teams who can win the East, and I think they all have an even chance to win the East. Yeah. I mean, well,
1: say, I assume, yeah, what, Sixers, that's. And um, are you to throw the Bucks in there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So here's my take. It's all matchup based. I've given it before. I don't know if I've given it on this podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My my take is that the Sixers will win the East if they avoid the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets will win the East if they avoid the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks will win the East if they avoid the Philadelphia 76ers. There's my little round robin. If, 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 uh, I think those three teams had an equal chance to win the East, and I think that's why the one seed is going to be so important, Mm -hmm. given if it stays how it is and sticks with the two and the three seed being the Nets and the Bucks. That just makes the one seed, avoiding that matchup in the second round, and putting it off until the conference finals it makes it that much more important.
1: Yeah, I really don't see any fault in your logic there because I, I definitely, you know, would feel confident against the Bucs in, situ- in any situation. Um, yeah, I mean, the 300 monster in Brooklyn definitely is scary, but, I mean, if Joel Embiid is doing this, it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, it, it's literally their their main weakness is in, interior defense, and if you let Joe and Pete go wild, I mean, they'll put everybody in foul trouble, we'll be in the bonus early. I mean, so your argument is we're beating i Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident, <laughs> honestly. I, like, I, the, I... Yeah, the Nets certainly could give us an issue, but, um, I don't know. I I, I... I still see this.
0: By the way, I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's an impossibility that we, that we
1: could beat the Nets.
0: I think... That I'm just talking matchup based in terms of most likelihood. Oh
1: yeah, no, sorry, yeah, no, you're definitely not wrong. That's why I said there's like really a fault in your logic. I just, you know, I really think, and honestly, it's based off of like you know the players on the Brooklyn team's past ex- you know uh, you know experiences. You know, I I see Kyrie you know trying to play hero ball and like you know not giving the ball to KD at some point. I you know and KD t- going long stretches. You know. I, I mean, not the KD folding, but like Kyrie messing up, and I love Harden, but he's you know had some playoff you know, is at some point, you know where he kind of you know he'll go. Wait a for second. Wait a second. Is this Victor Simmons uh, on the podcast?
0: Yes. Slander. Talking negatively about James Harden.
1: Yes. I you know I've been a blind supporter, but you know now that we we were so close to having him, you know having him like you know it was like curse, we were falling too close to the sun, yeah you know, we were so close to having him yeah, I burnt. And now I'm falling back to earth and, you know, I'm taking a real
0: warm look at them. So just to explain my theory a little bit, I think the Sixers can beat the Bucs because I think we're built to beat the Bucs. I think matchup-wise... Oh,
1: no, I'm not afraid of, of the Bucks at all. I,
0: I think, have... think matchup-wise we match up as perfectly with the Bucs as yeah. we could. With the Nets, I'm not so sure. I just don't know how many, how often you have three people guarding Kyrie Harden and KD that they're on the floor that you feel comfortable.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. you're you gonna bank on someone you know having a bad night. Okay, that that's gonna be a thing. You, you you gotta put out of that. Do you put do you trust Tobias on KD or do you put that on him or do you, you, you put that on Harden or you know uh, do you play Matisse more minutes? I uh, you don't you don't really want that because you, know, you average three points per game. So these are questions and they certainly like would have to be answered. Um yeah, I mean, it, it does suck that we haven't seen, you know, we feel it, I don't know the Sixers haven't played, you know, full strength Brooklyn, so that is kind of a, a, an issue, but, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and then you look at, uh, I think, you look at the Nets Bucks matchup. The Nets beat the Bucks in their first game full strength, and I get that, but they won by two, and the Bucks did not play well. Mm-hmm. I just think that that matchup, I think Giannis and Middleton are the perfect guys to throw on Durant. And, the perfect, and they also have Drew Holiday, who's the perfect guy to throw on either mm-hmm. of uh, Harden or Kyrie. Not to mention DiVincenzo, who's not a bad uh, guard at the two. Yeah. So uh, I think they have a lot of options in terms of how to defend Brooklyn that not many teams have outside of the Lakers and them.
1: No, yeah, you're not and, wrong. And yeah. the Clippers.
0: I'll say the Clippers, too. Because it depends on if Paul George can defend Harden, which you, you have to bank that He can.
1: No, yeah, I mean... Paul G- George, had to, you know, show up early, and then, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like Paul George, I don't like you, know you know me, I'm not all in. Yeah, you know, he always shows up, you know, you know, in the regular season, early, you know, early all-star break, and then we, have, we all know, playoff game.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely don't have faith in the Clippers to go very far in the playoffs. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but yeah. I'm going to run through the East standings real quick. Um, and we're, we're, we're going to say if we think these will stay the same or if we think it'll be massively different. I actually think they could stay similar. The one seed is Philadelphia. I think that's I I'm saying that we're going to stay as the one seed based in faith only. Yeah. The two seed is Milwaukee. I'm going to say that Milwaukee sticks as the two seed. Yeah, I mean they're
1: a regular season team. They've done it a bunch of times. They know what it does yeah. to totally win the regular season at the very least.
0: Brooklyn is the three seed, even with their, their tough start. I think they stay as the three seed.
1: Yeah, I can see. They really should start. I mean, I know KD's out right now, but they, they should, you know, think about resting him more. They shouldn't rely on, you know, KD to be the best uh, defender night in and night out. And, you know, he's coming off of a, you know, very major injury. They, at some point, they're going to start resting these guys. So, it wouldn't be crazy if they stayed at the three. So then at the 4-5 matchup, you have Boston it at who I
0: think is, like, they're destined to play forever as a 4-5 matchup. It just feels like they are very clearly the fourth and the fifth best teams in this conference today. And I, I think I had them finishing fourth and fifth before the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know they've, uh, I mean, I know we talked about this before, but, you know, I know Jason Tate missed, uh, you know, a, a, a number of games, and, you know, I, I could see them bumping up, but it yeah. they would, would be—I don't think it'd be too surprising. But I, you know, I wouldn't put too much money on it. Uh, and then uh,
0: this is where I think it
1: gets a little—a little diceier. A little the six through eight seeds. Right now, the 6th seed is the Charlotte Hornets. I think that the Charlotte Hornets will make the
0: playoffs. The way they've been playing, the way the ball looks, and they, they have some quality players. You look at Devontae Graham, this year. Even Cody PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, and then, of course, Gordon Hayward has been excellent for them. Uh, I think Charlotte has enough pieces to go to the playoffs. I don't know if they stick into the sixth seed over teams like Atlanta, Toronto, and then all the way down. You have Miami. Do you see any other team besides Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, and Miami who you think can make the playoffs?
1: No, I think there was a lot of, you know, Fugazi starts, you know, the Cavaliers, and you know, I, I don't see the Knicks sticking around, like, I think they have a lot of good young pieces, but the season's very long, and, you know, I know it's slightly shortened, but it's not really that short, it's only about 10 games, uh, I think that rookie fatigue will set in eventually, and it'll, it'll even out to where, you know, those teams really aren't in contention. Yeah, I, so, would you say it's fair,
0: I'm just gonna say, let's knock it out how it is now, short, sixth seed Atlanta's a seed. the Raptors the is that that crazy? I think
1: the Raptors will bump up probably to the 6th seed. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really a huge fan of this, you know, th- the roster this year uh, with the Raptors. I kind of see them staying, you know, in that yeah. You know, seven, eight spot. I uh, I don't really see them going as high six. All right, let's run through play playoffs how it is right now. We I mean, might as well. How so to make the one eight seed, the Sixers, and
0: the Raptors.
1: How many games do you think that series is going? Well, uh, honestly, this year, you know, it's just you know, too much going on a lot. And Bean, you know, that he's gonna he's gonna be on a mission that game. You know, he's gonna you know, act like Kawhi Leonard still on that team, and he's gonna you know, give it his all. I I would pray for five games. I it wouldn't be surprised if we won six, but I don't know, I'm looking at five.
0: Yeah, I said, I said six. Uh,
1: just to be respectful. Yeah. Uh, uh, I said six versus six. That means the 4-5 matchup is
0: Boston-Indiana. I think this would be, I have no idea if it's series, but I went Celtics in seven just because I think Tatum's the best player in the series.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, they have sh- the better shot makers. You know, they don't have a guy. Got- I mean, yeah, Brogdon's very good, but I Very know. good. Jason Tatum's better. And uh, Savonis is very good, too. Yeah. Jason Tatum's better. Jalen Brown, better. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown, I've, Notoriously, not been a big Jalen Brown fan, but he's, you yeah, know, he's exceeded my expectations. So, you yeah. know, can't uh, really deny the talent there. You know, he's putting up uh, what is he, put up, 24, 26 this year? Yeah, I think he's got like
0: 26 a game. Yeah. A pretty efficient
1: streak. Uh So, I'm going to, are you saying Boston is that series? Yeah, I wouldn't even go seven. I got the yeah. six, yeah. All right. Uh,
0: that leaves the 3 6 series as the Brooklyn Nets versus the Charlotte Hornets. I have Charlotte in one game.
1: Yeah, maybe yeah, somewhere in the middle, you know, game three or four, Yeah. You know, yeah. Try not to get swept in one, one of those type of situations. Hopefully it's not a
0: douchebag sweep, which is winning game one and then getting swept after that. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, then, we went to Milwaukee and Atlanta in 2 7. I was disrespectful here and I said Milwaukee in a sweep. Just because I don't
1: think they have anything, and I don't think they have answers, to be honest. Nah, there's just no way. I mean, Giannis is going to have an absolute field day. Yeah. As much as I hate Chris Middleton, I just I don't really think they have too much to stop him either. Yeah. So that would leave us with the same matchups in the second round, which is this is good for my hypothetical Philadelphia that, that, or Boston Philly in mm-hmm. the in the second round and
0: milwaukee Brooklyn. What do you think about Boston Philly?
1: Uh, just I mean, we always seen the matchup well, and I I think last year was an absolute. Uh, anomaly. Losing Ben Simmons. I mean, look at what happens when we don't have Ben Simmons. We have that one game and nobody can pass the ball. So, obviously Ben Simmons has value. If this is a full strength exercise, you know, this team should win in six. I know I keep picking game six but theoretically they have nobody to stop and beat whatsoever. Oh, everybody... He's eight against them so far. this year. Exactly. And, you know, put Ben Simmons on Jason Tatum try to live Jason Tatum as much and pray and that Jalen Brown does not go for 40. Yeah, I, you know I think we had the defenders that can stop Jalen Brown from doing that. You know, you know, five games in a row or something like that. Yeah, I'm
0: saying sixes and sixes as well. The Miley's was an awesome series. Brooklyn against Milwaukee. I'm sure Brooklyn will be a heavy, heavy favorite gambling wise. And I hope this happens so I can bet on Milwaukee to win that series. I think Milwaukee matches up awesome. But and I think Milwaukee we'll would have a good chance at being the mess. And how hilarious would it be to see Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving lose in the second round? I know it t- yeah. to me it doesn't mean that because they'd be losing to a great team and might go on to the finals. Mm. But to the national media, and like if you look at how the Clippers were treated when they lost in the second round last year, that, the Clippers were not Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving Oh, yeah, 100%. So uh, I think the reaction would be pretty funny.
1: Yeah, I find this to be extremely tough, because, yeah, like, he was going to stop Giannis, but at the, I also see that like he was going to stop KD. KD has been nothing but automatic, you know, pre-injury to post-injury. I, It's really tough. It, it's definitely going seven.
0: Yeah, I have uh, seven.
1: Sure. I think I've got hits, honestly. That's
0: yeah, fair. fair. Uh, my answer to the KD thing would be, I think they had two better answers than anyone else with Giannis and Chris Middleton to throw a KD, just body-wise, uh, I think they have the, the best options. So yeah. that, w- that would leave you with Philadelphia-Brooklyn, and I have Philadelphia-Milwaukee. For me, Philadelphia-Milwaukee, I have the Sixers winning in seven games and going through the NBA Finals. I never picked the Sixers to go to the NBA Finals, then I, mean, I, I have the Sixers in the NBA Finals. I mean, I
1: basically outlined what I, wanted, what I thought earlier, Yeah. You know, I I truly believe that, you know, Joel Embiid is playing at that transcendent level that we thought he could, and if he does that in Brooklyn, I don't even think there's anybody in Brooklyn can get at this point that could even put a dent into Joel Embiid's game. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is the best per, uh, perimeter and switch defender in the league. You can put him on all three of those guys and stifle him, and you pray, you know, one of the guys at the bench can produce points and that you can try to stop one of the other guys. Wow.
0: We both have the Sixers in the yeah. NBA Finals. It's Look at us.
1: <sighs> Who thought
0: we'd be here? It feels weird. <laughs> Honestly, Uh, yeah. Let's cross over the Western Conference. It's a little more out uh, there at the Western Conference, but, I mean, I mean, it's run through it. The Utah Jazz playing unbelievable basketball. suit won 16 of 17 mm-hmm. as the one seed. I think that's, like, I don't think it's crazy to say that, like, they could stick around as the one seed. No. Just, I
1: mean, just by caring. More. The Western Conference has shown that, like, you know, it, you know, the top seed doesn't necessarily have to get the one seed. You know, look at Denver winning. You know, I just don't see, you know, the Lakers putting themselves in a the position to where, hey, we absolutely need the one seed. Especially when, the, you know, the second half of the season is, who knows, you know, like, maybe they do a bubble situation. You know, they, uh, who knows? You know, I don't, no one really knows what it's going to end up looking like. So, especially when, you know, the second the second half of the uh, schedule isn't released yet, right? Not, but, not yet. Yeah, so... There's a lot up in the air still, you know. So I I don't see a lot of teams, you know, vying for, you know, especially it's LeBron. You know, he's going to rest eventually. You know, AD's going to get his rest eventually. It's, it's it's bound to happen.
0: Well, that leads us to the LA Lakers, who are currently the two seed mm-hmm. while coasting, which is all all, all impressive. Yeah. And I there is an argument to be said that they've coasted so much so far that you could see them I mean, if they turn it on getting the one seed if they want it. Yeah. But like you said, who knows. I, I could see them coasting a little bit. Anthony Davis has already been coasting a little bit, taking a lot of games. Though. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. The LA Clippers are currently a three seed. Feels right. Feels like they'll be the three seed.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're uh, they're the obvious third best team in the Western Conference. I don't really think it's a question of who the top three are. I. But realistically, and mm-hmm.
0: this might be disrespectful, and we'll get to it when we go to the playoffs. I still think that the Clippers are better than.
1: Yeah, it mean, doesn't like the playoffs. Oh yeah, in a playoff setting, absolutely. They just you know, and I've you made agree, yeah. I've made many many statements against Rudy Gobert. I mean, fine player, absolutely fine player, but you know, he's just not a guy you need to be your second best player in the playoffs. And Donovan Mitchell, he did absolutely wonderful things against Jamal last year. I just you know I I don't know. I'm not Donovan Mitchell fan. I just you know I I think you. Put them against, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Even though we make fun of Paul George all the time, and you know, they're just lower players, better defenders. I yeah, you know, give me Clippers all day.
0: No, I completely agree. And then we're gonna move on to two teams that I also have over the Clippers, uh, or not over the Clippers, over the Jazz in terms of who I think could compete in the Western Conference playoffs. The Phoenix Suns and the Portland Jazz face off in the four-five minutes in this scenario, which the I Portland think. Portland Jazz. The- <laughs> The Phoenix Suns? did I get that one right at least? Yeah, thanks so. a oh, lot.
1: Jesus. <laughs>
0: uh, i worked all day, folks. I'm here talking basketball, trying to kick to work off my mind. Did yeah. fall asleep on the podcast? But
1: the Portland Jazz. <laughs> uh, I had a double jazz team in Portland, Oregon. Uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Portland Trailblazers
0: are 73 by 1 well game as a 4 and 5 seed. I think that, that would be a knock them
1: drag down, score. Oh, that would be absolutely great. You know, what people were trying to buy for early on the bubble last year, you know, I just a lot of heavy guard play, a lot of very loose definitions of defense and you know, a lot of scoring. Yeah, I, I think who do you think of out on top there? okay, oh, wait, we we'll I'm trying to jump yeah.
0: ahead. Come on. Jesus, Joe. Jesus. <laughs> the sixteen is the San Antonio Spurs. Normally I would say, uh, oh, the Spurs aren't gonna stick around at this point, but all these wings that they have coming in, just stepping in, Kelly Johnson, Devin Vassell. Yeah. These guys are just, I mean, it's
1: unbelievable. Eric White, they're not, they're already both stepping into the roles. DeMarco Rosen doing DeMarco Rosen things. Yeah. They Jacob Yaka has been Green
0: is their only big, really. DeMarco was just playing well. They're just playing great basketball. It's unbelievable that they're still higher than a couple teams will get to. But I would not be shocked at all to see them stick around.
1: You know, it's always trust pop system. They actually they not actually they have, they finally have a few players. They took a you know, a season hiatus there, you know. And now they're back where, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if they said, you know, six, seven. You know, that I don't see them falling out just because they actually have, you know, a roster this year. I okay. agree. Uh the Denver Nuggets are the seventh seed, I think they'll
0: definitely be in the playoffs. I do think they a chance they rise up a spot or two. But I, I am pretty positive that the Nuggets will end up in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I just think the star power of Nicole Jokic and they—they're just so deep. So all right, Jamal Murray, they—they're
0: not so deep
1: anymore, in my opinion.
0: I think that's what's killing them. Yeah. I think the losing Jeremy Grant, who's obviously well, playing, so right. good, and Mason Plumlee has really, really mm-hmm. killed them. And I think that's why they're only one game above 500, and already also hasn't been playoff Jamal Murray.
1: Well, that's yeah, that's always been his biggest issue, though, is he's you know. He's hot, sometimes. he's really streaky. You know, he gets real hot, and then he gets real cold, where he disappears. And yeah, that's why a lot of people were surprised that he did what he did in the playoffs, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: yeah, even as a fan, I'm a huge fan well of I
1: have no issue with him, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was shocked. Uh, so, yeah. The eighth seed, the Golden State Warriors,
0: for 13 and 12, I have a little bit of a hot take here. It feels like Golden State is really lucky and really... Like grinding it out to be 13 and 12 right now. Like, Steph hasn't missed games. Like, all their guys are healthy. Like, it feels like that's not going to. A lot of their guys are now young. A lot of their guys have had injury issues in the mm-hmm. past and missed time. To me, it feels like they are an easy candidate that I can see dropping out of the playoffs. They were a team I had in the playoffs for the year, I believe, as a 7 or 8 seed. But uh, just from watching them so far this year, it really is just like.
1: Steph Curry, man, is unbelievable. Well, he's literally blowing up, man. But, yeah, the, there's a lot of issues Just you know, a lack of talent on the roster. You know, they're, 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 talk about teams that aren't deep, you know, they're definitely one of them. And, you know, Andrew Wiggins is playing better this year, and you can talk about, you know, all this, you know, better, you know, advanced stats. Um, but really, you know, you have a young guy in who you, you, you know, against a real, you know, talented big man, you know, you're not gonna, you know, trust him to really lock down the paint. I uh, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, you know, you need Steph Curry going nuclear every night for them to be viable. I I think the star power of Curry and the experience of the Vector players could, you know, outlast them and keep that in that eight seed. But I don't think yeah, you know, I don't see them rising up and being like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna be the five six seed. You know, maybe seven, but I eight seems right. And then you look at teams outside
0: looking in, the Sacramento Kings are pretty hot. Uh, until they lost the game last night. I don't yeah. see the Kings making the playoffs. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, I, don't know if well there, I do see the Pelicans making the playoffs. I still think they get in there, whether that be for the Spurs, whether that be for the Warriors, I think they sneak in. And then the Grizzlies, the Rockets, the, the Mavs. The Mavs are the weird one. I don't think the Mavs are going to make the playoffs. I just don't think they have put enough around Luka and Kristaps. Kristaps hasn't looked the same, especially on defense. And... and Dallas just can't
1: score the ball at the same clip that they did last year. They're really missing Seth Curry. I would say we definitely stole Seth Curry. Like that, they, that they're getting hit with the Josh in effect that we got hit with. Like, yeah. You know, it's, and I, I always said he was a straight up spot up shooter, and people refuse to do it. I, I'm watching a bit of this game, and that seemed kind of the same thing. Like they're not really letting him stand in the corner. I don't know. I maybe I I'm not seeing something, but yeah, it's. It's clearly they're in their offense, and they're up at the flow. Yeah, it's a shame to watch Luca
0: go off seemingly mm. every night and not result in wins. But what do you think, of the Pelicans? Do you think they could they could sneak the playoffs? I, uh,
1: uh, they're a fun team to watch, and I enjoy watching them. But I just don't think they have enough to put them over the top. They'd have to go on a nice run, and I don't know if they, you know, the, the roster at this point is conducted to making that type of run. So yeah. Uh, ir rationally high
0: on a lot of guys in this roster yeah. I'm a little bit biased like Mikhail Alexander Walker off the bench, Josh Hart off the bench. Yeah. I love Zion. I've always thought that Derek Ledzo has been a little disrespected in some capacities. Okay, like. I yeah, I agree sometimes, but then I also think he'll go, to go, go too go. far. <laughs> He's been really bad. Um button well, I've always been a defender of yeah. I do think <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the combination of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Uh, I think it's it, it just doesn't uh, it doesn't they to work together. Ingram's way better with Zion, off the floor and Zion's way better when Ingram's off the yeah. floor, which is a little bit worrisome. Uh, I do think that that's something you could figure out if you get the right guys around them, which Steve Adams is not. Yeah, you no. need you need to stretch five no. at that point. Uh, that could be something they work on. I was thinking in some capacity that uh Brooklyn should want Steven Adams. I know Heath Simon had some crazy deal where they got a bunch of pieces like Lonzo, J.J. Reddick, and Steven Adams for Kyrie Irving uh to so New <laughs> Orleans. Which I, I think or maybe might have been involved. I forget how it was. It could be interesting. I, I know that that's probably there's like personality Really yeah, did, yeah but, of course, yeah, no. But I actually do think from a basketball perspective, that could help the Nets and it would help
1: the Pelicans. So well, it would shore up the roster, yeah, definitely. But so I don't, you know, is Steve no. and Adams really the answer that the. Yeah. I don't even know. What, what, was it, what was the Nets have to give up outside of Kyrie Irving? Well, no, <laughs> I think that would nice. Kyrie Irving. No, not I'm like sure that there's. <laughs>
0: I'm, they just gave Adams a huge contract, so it makes it a little tough to trade him for anything other than, like, a star. No, know, 100%. Else, yeah, no, he,
1: he, I'm pretty sure he's the highest paid center this year.
0: I no, I don't think so. I, I forget what he got. Maybe in the off season. he might have yeah. got he might have gotten the most money of any mm-hmm. center this off season. That's he probably absolutely did actually. Uh, but he, um, I think he makes like twenty to twenty five million somewhere in that range, um, and that's gonna be hard to trade to a team unless they have a bad contract and some picks, mm-hmm. or if it's a if Eat Adams is with picks or a couple young pieces for a star. Um, and I think the Pelicans probably shouldn't have made that move, and I'll I'll give credit to Pat Moran. He was on that way ahead of time. But Stan Van, it looked like the first five to ten games was not adjusting to the modern NBA, not letting just basically Zion dunk and just three-point shooters around him, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what you have to do. And in the last ten games, Zion's assist-to-turnover ratio has basically went from, like, one to two to two to one. Like, it's basically completely flipped around. So it's good watching Zion play unselfish basketball and basically just doing drive and kick. It's it's like Dwight Howard almost, but in a modern version. Yeah. Uh, so it, I do think that there's a possibility New Orleans goes to the playoffs. And I spent way too much, way too much talking
1: time talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. So just a a little fact check. Depending on if we count Anthony Davis as a center or not, which I don't, because he doesn't consider himself a center. Steven yeah. Adams, this is, yeah, the highest paid player in the twenty
0: twenty uh season at twenty nine
1: million five hundred ninety two thousand six hundred. Wow, what's Joel What does Joel make? Uh, he's tied with uh Nikola with $29,542. Uh, right yeah. under
0: him. Wow, wow, I didn't know Adams made quite that much. Wow. Yeah, he gave him a lot of
1: money. Okay, Holy so crap! Him, yeah,
0: no, that was New Orleans oh, that gave him that. Oh, I think. I, mayb- it, yeah, I can't remember if. I know that they gave him extra years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they added on to that. I, I don't I don't know. That's a crazy contract. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't even know it was that high. I'll give Pavaran credit. I, I thought it could be a good fit. I was wrong. Uh, Pavaran was on that at the time, mm-hmm. criticizing New Orleans, when they made that move. Um, so, let's run through the playoffs as they are right now. The Utah Jazz going against the Golden State Warriors in a 1-8 matchup. I think this would be a fun series, but I'll go Utah in seven.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean. Just based on, like, Steph Curry would give it this. Yeah, they, I mean, I, yeah, the Jazz are just too well rounded. I mean, yeah, Steph Curry will have some games, but yeah, I mean, but the Jazz theoretically should take care of it.
0: And then you move on to the next matchup. We were talking about this and how fun it would be. I think this would be the matchup of the first round the Phoenix Suns and the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Mm. I think this is a seven-game series, no matter how you slice it. These teams both love playing close games. Yeah. And I, But I'm biased. I said before the year, the Portland Trail Blazers were going to the conference finals. The Portland Trail Blazers are going to the next round for now.
1: I think they take care of the in seven games. What do you think? Same time. Uh, you know, I, I had uh, Portland going pretty deep last year, and my predictions didn't end up happening. But, you know... Uh, this year's a lot different. Definitely against the Phoenix team, a young Phoenix team. They've never been there before. Yeah, you have Chris Paul, but you know that's, like I said, Dave's out of the inside of CD McCollum is, you know, predicting he's healthy. He's another great playoff performer. Uh, yeah, no, definitely Portland. In the three six matchup, the LA Clippers faced off with San Antonio in a little
0: revenge series for Kawhi. I think this is a four game sweep for the Clippers who are out for something to prove. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs who pop will probably just be like, Oh well, after games, me when they get kicked, they to be like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, we got that, six, be impressed.
1: We won forty-eight games as team six. I can see the Spurs, yeah, sneak him one. Just you know where you know, you know, Clippers are up 3-0, and yeah, you know, they they just get away from the sweep. For sure. Uh, moving on to
0: the next series, the two-seven match of the LA Lakers against the Denver Nuggets, a rematch of the conference finals from last year. I think it goes the same amount of games. It goes five and the Lakers
1: move on to the next round. Yeah, they have absolutely no answer for either LeBron or AD. It's just, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Nicole, you're, I love you. Definitely the second best center in the league, but you, know, you can't. You're not stopping LeBron James with whoever they have in the three. And You know, Anthony Davis is a monster, as I'm right.
0: The Utah Jazz and the Portland Trailblazers face off in the second round, and I'm going Portland in seven to go to the conference finals, where I said they would go before the year, and they end up there.
1: Yeah, for they're just too much offensive firepower. You know, you're asking Donovan Mitchell to battle team and you know, having somebody you know step up and stop CJ McCollum. I I don't see it. You know, rooting a bear again can't understand how this player would be a phenomenal defender, but not you know putting up a bunch of points.
0: I. I think what Portland's doing right now as a five-seed with how much time McCollum and Nurkic have missed and how bad Covington has been is so impressive that the guys like Gary Trent, Anthony Simons, uh, even Derek Jones Jr. Like guys have stepped up who you wouldn't normally expect to step up for them for Covington, not being exactly what they traded for obviously so far. We do know Covington's been a slow starter for five years, but, um, I uh, I think it only makes me feel better about them that they've hung around and they're the five seed though.
1: Portland's the only is like, one of the few teams that may not be like an absolute true true title contender that like I won't doubt in the playoffs. You know I just I'll never doubt against Damian Lillard I just think you know they've been injury injury ridden the past few years and if they can get through the playoffs healthy just one time they can really make you know some noise.
0: And then, especially with how CJ was playing before he got hurt, mm-hmm. that was like, he was a no-doubt All-Star until yeah. he got hurt. It's a shame. I hope he comes back and plays maybe enough games before they pick the All-Star team that he can be considered.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, CJ's always been that guy where he's just been on the cusp of, like, is he an All-Star, is he not an All-Star? The West was always so deep, where now it's like, okay, you know, the, the West isn't looking so you know, that deep this year, but, you know, that And he took such a leap. Yeah. Was, he was hitting, like, five game mm-hmm. in like 12 games that he played I think that's the thing the you know, Portland you know, fans what would always say like you, you saw that he could do it it's just he kind of either didn't or you know he'd, he'd kinda like, he he kind of like he was fine being Robin and, you know Dan's Batman where now he was like yeah but fuck it let me shoot too but uh, but you know obviously tough injured
0: so you have Portland moving on against Utah as well yes sir and then now let's talk about the battle of LA what everyone thought they were getting in the conference finals last year they finally get in the second round here the L.A. Clippers against the L.A. Lakers, I think this goes seven, and I think
1: the Lakers take care of business. Lakers in five. Wow. Lakers in five. Yeah, wow. I, I'm, I'm just uh, – similar situation. Who's going to stop Anthony Davis? They, they're going to stop Anthony Davis. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James will be a fantastic matchup. Uh, I have no trust in Paul George in the big game. L.A. versus L.A. I don't see Paul George stepping up.
0: I think Serge Ibaka was a huge addition for them
1: to go against Anthony Davis. Uh nah. I think, yeah, I think taking a you know step back and Anthony Davis, you know, like you said, he's been coasting. I, you know, you put Anthony Davis. Look, I'm a notorious. Yeah, guy. I know. You're, you don't have <laughs> to tell me how good <laughs> Anthony so Davis is. Like, and... You know, you know I'm a notorious, and you know, I, I will hinder any appreciation of Anthony Davis. But I just, you know, the dude's on a different level, and I just don't see you know this Serge Ibaka really stopping him at any point.
0: And I picked the Lakers to win, but I think there's an argument to be made that in the Western Conference, the Clippers are the best set-up team to go against the Lakers in a series.
1: True, and I just think, you know, it's more – Yeah, we just watched a guy like, you know, Tom Brady go out and say, I'm the best guy. I'm the best guy ever. Best quarterback ever. And I think. LeBron, Moving
0: on. We're not talking Tom Brady here. But I, I'm, not I'm looking it at throwing. LeBron James, and I
1: think he's looking at Kawhi Leonard, and he's going to, you know – this is game 7 of the finals every I think that's the type of approach you going to take. No, I think you could be right, but I also think there could yeah. be a This is the guy that got an MVP because he guarded LeBron. You know, I, I think LeBron reads into these stupid narrative things.
0: But there's there's also the like there's the other side of that that oh, that yeah. sees the best guy to go against. That's oh, why it is so, 100%. Yeah. But, you
1: know, I just yeah. You know, Ron's better. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm picking the Lakers to win. Oh no, hundred percent. I'm
0: picking the Lakers to win. It's. I just really think they could
1: give them a great matchup. I think it no, could yeah. be a, a really great series. I think it could be you know five very hard fault games. I just think the Lakers are a better team. No, I agree.
0: Um, I, I I was probably I had it originally at a six, and I just made it seven because I was like, if I'm not gonna say the Clippers can take the Lakers seven, I'm like, I feel like I I don't know they're just not dominant enough for me to say that I don't think anyone can take the seven. It's kind yeah. of where I'm coming from. So I mm-hmm. felt like
1: if anyone can, it has to be the Clippers. No, that, and that, that's uh, that's sound logic, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but Lakers and five. <laughs> okay. So we have the same Western Conference Finals with the Portland Trailblazers and the LA Lakers, Lakers and five. Yeah, you know, that whole not playing defense thing for Portland is going to catch up eventually, and yeah. it's 100% this round. Yeah, I agree. Not much more to say.
0: We saw it last year in the playoffs at yeah. the same time. Uh, maybe a little more healthy for Portland. Maybe they take a maybe they take a second game and make it six, but probably not. And that leads to the ultimate NBA Finals: the LA Lakers against
1: the Philadelphia 76ers. Who takes it? From a basketball standpoint, LeBron James is LeBron James, and realistically, you're not going to stop LeBron James. I have other thoughts on Anthony Davis. I think we have the perfect person to stop Anthony Davis. LeBron James is always and will always be the X Factor. In my heart of hearts, I want to believe the Sixers could win. If Joe B to be the guy, you know, if he could be Hakeem 2.0, fuck Hakeem, if he could be the process and really be what he wants and, you know, is aiming to be and put the work in to be, I truly believe we could pull, possibly pull it out. It would have to be monster performance every single night, and it's certainly possible. But it would have to be in seven. It would be an absolute seven. Seven absolutely hard-fought games. I, I don't know, Mark. I, I, I'll probably let my fandom bleed through, but yeah, I'm, I'm banking on a lot of ifs. And I guess that you know, is really what the answer comes down to.
0: The Philadelphia 76ers have the absolute best possible roster to go up against the Lakers, and they showed that off in the game that they played yep. where the Lakers were fully healthy. No one missed the game. I think the Sixers have the the perfect guy to throw against LeBron James and Ben Simmons. Maybe the second best guy in the league, if I'd say Kawhi is number one. Certainly. I think they have the number one guy in the league to throw on Anthony Davis, bar none. I don't give a fuck what anyone's saying. Duval beats the best defensive center in the league. Oh, uh, it's not even close yeah. And still, and still, if it's going seven games, and I'm saying my prediction is who's going to win Game Seven, I'm not ever going to be confident saying that's not going to be LeBron James. That's
1: kind of what my issue is. I mean, I don't really, I don't want to say it, and I, it just. He's too dominant, and it's just—it's just you know—he's has he lost the game seven? Lakers and seven. Yeah. Right.
0: And I think we have the perfect
1: monster to go yeah. against him.
0: the perfect guy to throw in shooter, the perfect guy to
1: throw in Harrell and
0: Davis and LeBron. Lakers and seven.
1: Yeah, like I said, it would have to be an absolute Herculean effort from Joe Embiid. Or one of Tobias or Ben Simmons raises their level to match the offensive output of a, you know, Anthony Davis, and it's a, I Tobias could be a scorer. I mean, at playoffs. You know, we have we have you know the conversation. I don't think that will be an issue this year, but it will really come down to you know what does Ben give you offensively because, you know, yeah, you, you can stop the other guy, but you, you still gotta put the ball in the basket. And, you you know,
0: want. You, you're you saying Ben offensively. I think there's an argument you can, you can make that it could come down a lot to what Tobias is defensively in that series. Yep. He's been very good this year defending big men, especially like fours, not not really centers. Yeah. Maybe sometimes on switches. Yeah, certainly fours, yeah. But in that series, there's a lot of minutes where they're going to have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Montrezl Harrell yeah. on the court together. He's going to have to guard one of them, and they're going to mm. try to switch LeBron on him all the time. Hey. They're going to switch AD on him all the time. Mm. I, I'm not really nervous about him going against Montrezl Harrell, Harrell more than anything. Nah, the yeah, lob guy, the fast break guy. Mm. And he, He'll get his in fast breaks and in lobs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, just nah, nah, I'm not worried about Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, yeah uh, but Tobias Harris is going to have to hold his own in matchups against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that's probably the thing that makes me the most nervous even though I think Tobias Harris's defense has leveled up big time this year.
1: He ever, I mean, it seems like he's constantly improved, and he definitely looks faster, he looks more, you know, just resound when, you know, he's uh, committing to, you know, to actually defending someone, especially in the post. And, you know, I, it really just comes down to, you know, is what we're seeing now translating, you know, a few months from now? And, you It'll be interesting to see. I, I think the Sixers can. Um, but you know, it's it's just hard to bet against LeBron James and game seven of the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh I I think we're both going with the Lakers to beat the Sixers in seven games in the NBA Finals. Which
1: will be the most devastating <laughs> night of my life. Oh my and I God. will be the drunkest person you will ever meet. Uh hit me up. It'll be an awful time. <laughs>
0: By the way, I didn't mention this uh, at the top of the pod. You can follow me at Mark Henry Jr. underscore on Twitter. And you can follow the podcast at TopCover Pod on Twitter. But if you listen this far, if you if you've even found this podcast, you probably follow that already, anyway. So, whatever. We're gonna finish this podcast out and we're gonna talk about the all star teams. And I don't think there's that much debate in a lot of the spots. We're gonna I, I the starters we left as the starters in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, That's how they started the voting, so that is Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Joel in the East, and then in the Western Conference it is Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic, so let's talk about the bench for those Western Conference spots after we talk about the Eastern Conference spots, so in the East, the locks would be in my opinion, and stop me if if I say anything, we discussed it before, but yeah. James Harden, lock. Yeah. Jalen Brown, lock. Jason Tatum, lock. Bam Adebayo, lock. Zamanas Sabonis, probably a lock. He made it last year. He's been better this year, and the Pacers are mm-hmm. even better this year. So I think that's a lock. That leaves, uh, what is it? That leaves two spots in the Eastern Conference. I'm giving those spots to Zach Levine and Julius Randle. You
1: have a you have a gripe there? Yeah, I mean this might come off of a homer pick, but I think the record will have to shine through at some point. You know, I think Tobias Harris, if he keeps up what he's doing right now, and the Sixers maintain the number one seed, you know, he may get that slate from you know Joel Embiid being dominant and being you know obviously you know just the starting center. But you know, the Sixers have had two All Stars before. It wouldn't be crazy, and you know, it's not crazy for the number one seed to have two All Stars. I agree, and the reason I didn't pick Jimmy Butler or the reason
0: I didn't pick Miles Turner, the reason I didn't pick Chris Middleton is because those teams don't deserve a second All-Star more than the Sixers do. So I'm along the road. I, I can understand Toby yeah. being considered over over those guys, but I do think just from a who's been the best player this year perspective, mm-hmm. I do think it's hard to argue against the numbers Julius Randle has been putting up on a team that he has helped win more games than they have in the past.
1: Certainly, but, like, we're still, uh, it's not like the Knicks are really pushing for a spot. You know, we talked about it. They're, they're looking okay, but I don't foresee them maintaining this level, you know, for a season. I agree. That's probably the thing I'm least, I'm
0: least, uh, ardent in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we both agree on Zach Levine, even though there's guys like Trey Young, Colin Sexton, Ben Simmons, Fred VanVleet, Drew Holiday, I think. Zach be, yeah, that's, that's Zach just it. put
1: it up too, but, like, too many numbers, it's just, you, you gotta put him in. 27, 6, and 5, yeah. And then, uh, a couple uh, other guys, Jimmy Butler, Gordon Hayward, Tobias Harris, as you mentioned, Miles Turner. Gordon uh, could be, like, an interesting guy, too, you know, if they have the Hornets, say, you know, in uh, playoff contention, he's another guy, you know, he's obviously the the one over there, so, uh, he's another person that wouldn't be, like, surprised if he snuck in. he's, gotten there before you know it would be like a, a nice little redemption art for him yeah that could play into that i'm sure
0: and then one last guy being jared grant mm-hmm. which by the way would he be like the most surprising all-star of our lifetime like in terms of like where they were like three years before they made the all-star team? oh
1: it's ridiculous i yeah i, I...
0: And we, I think we were both probably pretty high on Jeremy Grant comparatively to like most people. Oh, I
1: always thought he was a very like you know serviceable player and could definitely contribute to a championship team. I just didn't think it was at this level. I mean, obviously you know he's putting up this on a Pistons team, but is it crazy to say that he could be like a three on a championship team if he played? I I I don't know. I don't think that's crazy. Like you know, is he really that much worse than like a Pascal Siakam? I don't know i i mean, it's, this year he's better i just Haskell, just, yeah i didn't even bring him up yeah i mean well i mean he's well he's taken a, a, a bit of a step back this year with, you know he's definitely had trouble shooting and getting, you know, getting his spot so i would i, I would
0: know. say fred's been their
1: best player maybe
0: like dad yeah i'm like, right? yeah. <laughs> moving to the western conference in the dame or in the pinch the spots the dame spots <laughs> dame miller is a lock i would say yeah donovan mitchell is a lock yeah Anthony Davis is a lock. Paul George is a lock. That leaves three open spots. There's way less people fighting for these spots, and it's weirder arguments. I went with both Suns guards, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, getting uh, two spots, which would mean four guards and three front court guys, as opposed to three and four. Uh, so I'm going with Booker and Paul as the guards, and then as my forward
1: slash center, I'm going with Zion Williamson. Yeah, I just don't see a world where Zion doesn't make it this year. He's putting up nice numbers. It's Zion Lewis, and the, the league's been pushing for him for you know since he came into the league. Obviously, first overall pick. Um, two guards. i um It wouldn't be surprising, especially with the. Uh, I in mean, the Suns stay you know in the four or five range. Um, who? whose else are you like even contemplating? I mean, you look at C.J. McCollum.
0: He's missed a, a lot of games, was but he was so good when he played. Mm-hmm.
1: You Look at John Morant, he's missed
0: time, but he's been very good when he's played. Shea Gilgis Alexander's been very good, but okay, he's not very good, mm-hmm. so that makes it a tough, uh, you know. Even Chris Porzingis, if you're talking
1: about forward, forward yeah. centers, missed a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a bad man. I, I, you know, two, I mean, both of the, the Phoenix guards wouldn't be outrageous, you know. I mean, obviously, Chris Paul has the name recognition, you know, he's having a solid here. and Devin Booker. He, he's still riding up high of the bubble, and he's really you know, coming, becoming the player that a lot of people thought he could be. And you know, you know, everything's coming to fruition. So it wouldn't be surprising in an All Star break.
0: And Devin Booker's numbers are a little down, and people are a little nervous about that. His efficiency's not down though. So that's all that matters. Yeah. The, the Suns' offense has been a little weird. They've been a little slower paced and. Aiton's numbers are down and everyone's numbers are down besides McCall Bridges, whose numbers are way up, and Cam Johnson, whose numbers are up. Mm. It's just been a weird offense. I think that'll settle over, and they've still been pretty successful Mm -hmm. with how they played. Their defense has been way better than expected. Uh, So that is what helps me make the decision, even in a down year, to put Devin Booker and Chris Paul in the All-Star game. So that concludes our... I don't even know. Is this like the... Like, the one-third mark of the NBA season, about, probably?
1: About that. No, know, 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 yeah. About, about like, you know, what, 25, 24. And or it's going to be, like,
0: 66 yeah. games this year. So it's a, li- a little more than the one-third mark of the NBA it's season. 66 or 72? I don't – I thought it was 66. Maybe it was 66 uh, last year. You could be right. It could be 72. I think it's 72 this year. So, it's, yeah. It's, so. This is, like, our, our third-league report. Yeah, about that, yeah. So, so uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh Tune in. It's, uh, I think there's going to be a Carson Wentz emergency
1: podcast coming oh, soon. Coming future. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll get into our thoughts and our feelings about that. I think me and Victor are a little divided on that I topic. I swear
1: to fucking Christ, if we get Nick Foles back. We'll oh, I don't want that either. We're, <laughs> the, we're not divided there.
0: So uh, thanks for listening, folks. And enjoy the round ball.